Hollandale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke, through pure running on fumes, friends, for another uh, wild, whimsical, wacky Wednesday. Friends, yesterday I said it was a wild Wednesday, but it was actually Tuesday, and I had uh, obviously lost track of my days there. I mentioned yesterday I've been uh, burning it at both ends, burning the midnight oil, and last night, you know, circa... You know, midnight, I did finally get to publish the the first draft, the first edition of Hackable Animals, uh, your guide to the Great Reset and the New World Order. And then this morning, I, you know, crawled into bed, got a few hours uh, a shut-eye this morning, showing the kid, and she says, Dad, isn't that a typo? Like, right there on the front page. I was like, holy smokes, you know, this kid's blowing me away. She- <laughs> Thanks for pointing out the obvious. At any rate, friends, I'll be uh, I'll be pushing and promoting that book here throughout the month of February. Got a few finishing touches to put on that today uh, to to overcome the groggy, foggy, you know, fuzz in my head. I have consumed copious amounts of caffeine, and I am here now to deliver Torch Report 294 on commies, comics, and pure coincidence. Friends, you are going to love this, unless, of course, you are a subversive comic me hiding out in the audience somewhere, <laughs> which I highly doubt, friends, because due to my uh, oppositional defiance disorder, I like to, uh, you know, annoy people who who cling desperately to the narrative. So this is going to be entertaining uh, based on a link. Actually, a friend shared a link with me here recently that, hey, by the way, welcome to the new listeners to the audience. Had a lot of new subscriptions coming in over the last week, two weeks. It's just been great. So welcome, welcome, welcome. This is what it's all about, getting into the good stuff. You know, there's a lot going on in the news in any given day, but most of that is nothing other than smoke and mirrors, friends. It's the good old dog and pony show. And today we're not even going to touch on anything out in the news, except for maybe at the end, I'll pull in a couple of headlines. But, uh, Sharing this this link, I put the link there in the report today. It's to a 1960s comic that illustrates the many threats of communist subversion. And of course, we've talked a lot about communist subversion. And so I thought, wow, this is a really great, uh, this is just awesome. I can't, I can't believe how well they illustrated exactly how this works. And so in the report today, I want to share several screenshots with you and then kind of connect the dots to what's going on. So friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever, uh, know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all the goodies and follow along with your favorite fuzzy peasant as I, you know, expose the red iceberg. That's the title of the uh, comic, The Red Iceberg. The Red Iceberg came out in 1960. Uh, Note the uh, price in the cover was 10 cents. Uh, You think about inflation. I was trying to find what's the average price of a comic today it's somewhere it's it's like 12 15 bucks so i don't even you know do the math on that it's astronomical inflation so uh now straight out the gate in in this the red iceberg comic in 1960 it was declared that the people of the usa can look forward to seeing their grandchildren be communists now what an astounding claim, especially in the 1960s, to say that the, the people in the 1960s, their grandchildren were going to be communists. That, that would be outrageous. No wonder people thought all, you know, everybody that was talking about the big red square 
the big red square. The big red scare was a bunch of squares, right? They're, they're a bunch of crackpot, you know, Christian, conservative, right-wing conspiracy theorist types. And, but they said it right out there, you know, that, hey, your grandchildren are going to be communists. And there were people who were out there warning that. And the, the comic says the information in this book is true. Uh, it was written by a person who had lived under communism and they wanted to make the American people realize the menace that was threatening the freedom from every angle and alert the American public to the danger of communist subversion. Lenin declared, and this is something out of the, out of the comic book, he declared that, that to win the youth for communism is to win the future. And so we see this focus on, on young people, uh, children, young adults, and all of that. The, the communists really, really target them, and there's a reason for that. And it was uh, it, it was not ironically, I suppose. I don't believe in coincidence, you know, cosmic coincidence, serendipity. Uh, ironically, this morning when I was researching for the podcast and I was looking, there's another bunch of crap in the headlines. So I was looking over at the world health organization and NATO websites, kind of look at what those guys are up to. And I found that the WHO was, had just recently held their inaugural meeting of its new youth council. And the youth council is pushing for youth engagement uh, with an initiative called the global youth mobilization, which is meant to, quote, empower young people as a driving force uh, because young people around the world are driving change and implementing solutions, period, end quote. Now, how ironic that I was looking at this comic from a friend who sent me this link about the red iceberg and the communism and how communism was trying to win youth for the future and how in the 1960s, Americans were being warned that their, that their grandchildren were going to be communists. And then this morning, right out, you know, current, present tense, you know, World Health Organization talking about all of this global youth mobilization because the young people are driving change and implementing solutions. And just to drive this point home a little bit, I want to share this little excerpt here from the WHO's website. It says, quote, the WHO Youth Council is a dynamic network aimed at amplifying the voices and experiences of young people and leveraging their expertise, energy, and ideas to promote public health, period, end quote. Now, I just want to add to promote public health, that's the one agenda to rule them all. It's the One Health Initiative, this radical environmental uh, agenda, it's the eugenics agenda, all wrapped up into one. But it sounds good right? It sounds good. I mean, amplifying the voices and the experiences of youth, you know, and, and, and leveraging their expertise. <laughs> what, what expertise, you know, their expertise, their energy, their, their ideas, where do they get these ideas, you know, and then they're going to use the, they're going to leverage, they're going to use these youth, these impressionable young youth, uh, and all of their expertise and their energy and ideas, they're going to use them to promote public health. And of course, public health means to implement the sustainable development goals, which includes disarming the population to end conflicts everywhere, taking control of the means of production and consumption, 
because only they get to decide what's sustainable, not just because they're a bunch of commies, you know, and also enforcing state-sanctioned censorship to fight the so-called infodemic, uh, which, of course, is to ensure peace and stability and protect democracy, not just to shore up global tyranny, uh, which is taking the stage right now. Now, given all of that, friends, why wouldn't the youth of the world today want to support such wonderful utopian solutions. I mean, why wouldn't they, you know? I, I mean, they got they got all this energy, they got to do something. Why why not make positive change, you know? In fact, why don't they just channel all of their energy and demand these morally righteous changes? After all, the who just openly admits that these uh, these highly indoctrinated youth are in fact central to the success of policies and programs. Friends, that's a direct quote. The youth are central to the success and policies of programs uh, that are aimed at fundamentally transforming our world into a dystopian socialist hell, I might add. I mean, so obviously, obviously these kids are being recruited for a cause. It's a good cause, you know, because youth are central to the communist strategy. Now, back to the comics, you know, all right, well, you know, all this talk about the inspiring use and all that makes me, uh, it makes me think of Antifa. There's, there was a clip here I put in the report. Again, you can't see it unless you're at thetorchreport.com, where, by the way, you can click that little heart to give me some love. Uh, but this clip here talks about, you know, uh, it says, and moreover, right here within our own shores, American youths are being inspired by communists to riot. And that was talking about San Francisco, 1960. Abolish the house of un-American activities. Stop investigating all these damn communists, you know. Uh, but they're being inspired to riot. Think about Antifa. Think about, you know, uh, so much of what's going on. You know what kids didn't write about? They didn't write about getting masked up, uh, being, you know, vaxxed up. They didn't write about, you know, the, the perverted curriculum of comp sex ed and, and the twisted, you know, mind warp of CRT and all of that. But, you know, never mind that because their their leaders are helping lead them into this brave new world. So, you know, beyond just targeting the youths, the communists aim for the infiltration of communications. They want to infiltrate the communications in every sector of society. According to this 1960s comic book, their targets include libraries, scientists, magazine editors, labor leaders, radio stations, newspaper editors, TV stations, and teachers. Now, if you, if you sit back and think about that for just a second, libraries. Now, I know here at the local level, there's been a lot of uh, kerfluffle about the libraries, which are uh, being ran by a bunch of progressives who want to pervert the minds of children by putting pornographic materials at eye level in the front lobby. Uh, but, you know, the good news is there are some very courageous uh, parents out there who are, who are fighting this back and here at the local level having great success getting on the board and changing the course of this, uh, this institutional indoctrination of youth through the libraries. But go down that list. You think about the scientists and all the science that uh, supported the great pandemic. 
You know, the magazines, of course, the radios, the leaders, uh, labor leaders, newspapers and TVs. We know they're in the bag. That's the mainstream media, you know, and then, of course, the teachers. And we've talked a lot about the teachers, uh, the teachers who are teaching the teachers, you know, these these educated idiots, these these woke morons, these PhDs that are relating climate change to the fart of a dog. And it's just stupid. And math is white, you know, so we need mathematics because teaching white math is racist. You know, it's white supremacy. I'm not making that up. It's just as crazy as it sounds, but it is, in fact, the reality that people are living within right now. So having infiltrated all of these organizations, the commies can now soften up society by, quote, waging a relentless battle for the minds of American citizens, end quote. So they can soften up society by waging a relentless battle for the minds of American citizens. I have to ask, friends. Does that sound familiar? You know, it's kind of kind of a rhetorical question, because obviously we are in an epic battle for the hearts and minds of American citizens. And it's true that we're in a battle for the hearts and minds of humanity right now, because this is a global communist coup. All right. Now, put another clip here into the uh, the article in the, in the report today. Just talking about stirring up. They use this infiltration of communications to stir up hatred of the American way of life and dupe millions of people into believing that communism is heaven on earth. Oh, it's the great, you know, great utopian socialist surveillance state. They call it future earth these days, but they do this by abusing the methods of communication. And there's a little shot in there that has, you know, it it demonstrates their reach and (laughs) looking at this and realizing this is being put out sick over 60 years ago by somebody who had lived under communism and escaped communism. So they're trying to, you know, pull back the curtains and show how this works. You look at it and you think, wow, that looks an, an awful lot. I'm like, what's going on today? Jeez, you know, holy smokes. It's happening, friends. It's happening. We're in a relentless, you know, war for the hearts and minds of Americans. but. But, but wait, friends, it gets even better because the communist techniques use what they call propaganda warfare, which I've been ranting about for a while now. But they use propaganda warfare by setting up front organizations to specifically target the intellectuals, you know, a.k.a. the educated idiots. And besides stirring up hatred for America, they use these front organizations to dupe these misguided intellectuals into supporting phony peace movements like, you know, (laughs) like the World Peace Council. And they think about in the 60s and the hippies and the peace movement and all, and we want, you know, make love, not war. We want peace, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's great. But all of this is ultimately advancing their stealthy agenda. And in the in the screenshot there and their little picture in the article and the report today, the uh, the sign there has the World Peace Council. It's got a little dove on it. Stop the H-bomb, you know, Uh What's interesting, I mean, that shot is just golden because did you know that the World Peace Council is still very much alive and well today? 
you know. And of course, these peace lovers aren't actually just a bunch of radical commies in disguise. I mean, these guys are totally legit. The World Peace Council. Okay, so you see World Peace Council in the 1960s there. It's got the little dove. If you go to the World Peace Council website today, they still have a picture of a dove. All right. And on their website, they say, quote, as an NGO member of the United Nations, the WPC cooperates with UNESCO, the UNCTAD, UNIDO, ILO, and other UN specialized agencies, special committees, and departments with the non-aligned movement as official observers and blah, 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 blah. They work with the African Union, Leaves of Arab States, etc., and other intergovernmental bodies. In other words, friends, the World Peace Council is a big-time player in the global cabal. They are very much entrenched and woven into this, this global web of NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are pushing the communist agenda uh, by standing in solidarity with all of the progressive causes. And again, it's not, it's not just coincidence, it's not ironic that these these World Peace Council people are standing in solidarity with, uh, and all of these, I'm going to list these things from their website. These are all direct quotes, their words, not mine, but they're standing in solidarity with economic and social justice, with protection of the environment, with human rights and cultural heritage, with liberation movements, with dissolution of military blocks and packs, with dismantling of all military bases and drumroll with the establishment of a new international economic order. There you have it, friends. That is the new world order. It is the Great Reset. And again, these people are not fringe. Okay? They, are, they are, according to their website, they are, the WPC is an anti-imperialistic, democratic, independent, non-aligned international movement of mass action. <laughs> How's that for some woke speak? You know, these guys are the largest international peace structure based in more than 100 countries. And just like communists are trying to unite Democrats all around the world, which we've learned in previous reports, you know, here we have the World Peace Council working in lockstep to advance the communist agenda and establish a new world order. But let's just back up for a second. I do want to point out, you know, who are these all targeting? I mean, who has the most military bases all around the world? You know, which country is doing the most to battle the systemic plague of equality and social injustice? You know, which country is most lambasted as an imperialistic capitalist society? Gosh, you know, if you look at it like that, given their stated goals, one might get the impression that the World Peace Council was actually trying to stir up anti-American sentiment. But nah. Nah, Luke, that's just another crazy commie conspiracy. You know, you see the 1960s comic talking about stirring up anti-American sentiment. You see the World Peace Council trying to whip up anti-American sentiment. You see the youths of today being poisoned with the, the pro 1619 Project and all this other crap in school. You know, it's, it's all about whipping up anti-American sentiment. Why? Because... They need to destroy all aspects of existing society in order to foment the communist revolution. Now, 
just to uh, entertain this idea a little bit further. I look at a clock. I realize, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit long today, and that's just the way that it's going to be. So I hope you're enjoying the show here, friends. Uh, to entertain this a little bit more and connect this comic to the present administration. So it's not just these globalist NGOs. It's the Biden administration. You know, right here, uh, their little shot there in the report, good old Uncle Joe announcing his historic legislation that promotes economic and social justice. And that was his very first thing he did in office. I mean, the guy is so, I mean, brilliant. He had just stayed up all night and wrote up, you know, hundreds of pages of legislation and has pushed it right out there to promote the progressive commie agenda on his first day in office. And uh, if you've got your tinfoil hat on, friends, you should watch the video. I put the link there of this of Biden, his advancing equity and racial justice through the federal government uh, clip. It's about a minute and a half long. And if you're watching that with your tinfoil hat on, you might note the lobes and recall the adventures of no lobes Job. But let's get back to the funnies here, friends, because espionage and spycraft and continuous recruitment and infiltration of government departments, all of this was put out there as a warning in the 1960s comic, and it all hits very close to home. And you might recall, you know, seeing the infiltration of government departments and the infiltration of, of the military and stuff, you might recall the fact that we recently had a communist running the CIA. His name was John Brennan. Friends, not a joke. Put the screenshot in there. John Brennan, you know, how did a card-carrying communist get to be the director of the CIA? You know, polygraph panic. CIA director fretted his vote for communists. CIA director John Brennan proudly acknowledges he once voted for communists. You know, CIA director reveals he was once a communist sympathizer, and yet he was controlling the potentially the most powerful deep state apparatus, the Central Intelligence Agencies. And of course, uh, we probably shouldn't overlook the fact that one of the top Democrat contenders for the position of POTUS, the president of the United States, was also a communist sympathizer, none other than the illustrious Democrat socialist Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, who is a, a communist. <laughs> He's not just a communist sympathizer. The, the lie that Democrat socialism is anything other than communism. You know, there's some links in there, friends. But just, just keep in mind that over 60 years ago, people were trying to sound the alarm. This communist subversion. It, it, by its very nature, it's hard to li list everything because the infiltration is so extensive. So the red iceberg, you know, it, it demonstrates how these commies infiltrate the military and target minority groups and farmers and veterans organizations, specifically targeting these organizations. And in every case, you know, these commies, they come in and they stand, stand, stand side by side with the average everyday American citizen, right? They champion seemingly legitimate causes, but always with the hidden agenda of seizing more and more control before they launch their violent communist revolution. Remember, the first step in the communist revolution is to win the battle of democracy. That's about where we're at right now. Now, this playbook has been used all around the world over and over again because it works, because communism preys upon the vulnerabilities of human nature, just like criminals and child abusers and corrupt politicians and other people who should be drug out in the street and shot to death for being evildoers. Now, when we read the warning signs and see how far we've come, it becomes increasingly clear that right now we absolutely must start sounding the alarm about this communist infiltration. I'm saying that very seriously. 
It's very, very critical that we do that. Okay. Otherwise, our grandchildren are going to be communists. Oh, 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 that's not good, you know. But I want to turn to the final communist technique here, which the communist, I'm sorry, the comic claims is, is discrediting religion. They proclaim that God is a myth. Of course, that doesn't, no doubt that resonates with all the woke idiots out there, but, but the commies are said to be doing everything they can to, quote, eliminate the bewitching opium of religion, end quote. And that said, they are, they're not above using religion to their advantage when they need to pad their reputations. And that's right out of the comic. I put the screenshot in there. And, you know, you, know, you think about every time you see Nancy Pelosi with her hand on the Bible and you're wondering how Ding Ding just burst into flames, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, God, I love God. I love God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, very, very devout faith, you know. Not. But uh, they're not. Communists are not above using religion to pad their reputations. If it's, if it's socially convenient to do so, they do so. And of course, uh, if you've been with me for a while, you know that I've addressed the fact that commies are atheists and why that is and why commies suck and, and you know, how all of this is deeply entwined with the progressive agenda. But today I want to tie it all together by pointing out just a couple of headlines. First was the headline that was uh, titled The Collapse of Faith in America. And it was actually on the left-leaning Drudge Report. It clicks through the Michael Snyder's website. He's kind of a doomsday, uh, you know, apocalyptic, you know, uh, <laughs> Christian dispensationalist. Uh, at any rate, he articulates his concern very well over the collapse of American faith, but it's based on a study from the Pew Research Center. And that study from the Pew Research Center provides a graphic that I think is perhaps worth a thousand words. And it's a it's a study about the, you know, the people who no longer have faith. And it's just falling like off the edge of the cliff from 90 plus percent down to roughly 63 percent in uh, since the 70s. Holy smokes, you know, and you can see the rise of religiously unaffiliated people. Now, when we see that, we need to let that sink in. And I don't have time to get into some of the other you know, reasons why that might be right now. But uh, it, it's important. This is a cultural uh degrading. It's what America was, but is no longer. And that matters regardless of your, of your personal uh, religious convictions, your personal faith or lack of faith or whatever. I don't care about that. What I care about is, is just looking at it for what it is. And logically, when you see the decline, uh, this such a dramatic decline in what used to unite our country, uh, you know that's going to have massive ripple effects. At any rate, the second uh, second point I wanted to point out, second headline was object objectivity has to go. Uh, new leaders calling for the end of objective journalism. It was an article that essentially embodies this whole message of communist infiltration. And it, that article is excoriating the rise of advocacy journalism, uh, the rejection of objectivity, where now even the journalists are being, you know, trained, you know, they're being duped, I guess, ultimately conditioned to call for censorship and, and speech controls so they can protect the narrative. And it, it's all, it's so bass backwards. It's so asinine. It's so inverted. It's so twisted. It's so corrupt. It's so sick, you know, that journalists are, you know, think that they need to free journalism from the notion of objectivity to develop a sense of social justice. And so there we have it again, friends, social justice. We need to do away with objectivity to develop a sense of social justice. And are these not the commie tactics that we've been reading, that we've been being warned about for generations? Here we are now, friends. You know, 
but back to social justice, whatever the hell that means. You know, we are facing the continuous march toward the complete control of the human population via the capture of public discourse and the infiltration of formerly trusted institutions. I guess, friends, we cannot say that we were never warned. Uh, (laughs) Ah, friends, since we're facing this, I did put the link there in the, uh, toward the end of the report there for the special on communist mind control. This is clinical stuff. You know, the Democrats are deploying these techniques with clinical precision, communist mind control techniques. Uh, you know, we're facing this threat together as a nation, so we need to come together and talk about that. So please help others wise up by sharing these commie tactics, sharing the torch report with your friends. You know, and if that doesn't suit your fancy friends, you could always just stand out on the sidewalk in your underwear and shout at the top of your lungs, the commies are taking over the world! <laughs> Just don't forget to wear your tinfoil hat. That way people don't think you're crazy, my friends. That is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take take the time to find that little heart. It's on the Substack app or on the website. Click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, consider supporting this publication by joining the Patriot Club. And above all else, the greatest honor of all is if you get out there. uh, (laughs) The greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, wild Wednesday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh.